faced with a life-threatening disease, all of a sudden you realize that you've got to follow your heart. And it's not that I didn't like engineering, I loved engineering, but my heart was telling me that I wanted to do something different. And that's when I left. Hi guys, please welcome Marty Pospisil. Today, he is a professional engineer turned to a realtor serving the city of Vancouver. And he is the president of Hospital Real Estate Group. So please welcome Marty. Thank you, Suhas. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate that. Thank you, Marty. Can you please walk us through how you went from being an engineer to switching and becoming a realtor? Ah, great Michelle. question that I do get asked a lot because I went through my education at University of British Columbia here in Vancouver and graduated in Bachelor of Applied Science and within the two-year experience period, became a professional engineer in civil engineering. And I worked at many summer jobs prior to graduating, including with Dillingham, who built a place, and that was a great experience. But when I graduated, I worked at City Hall, Vancouver City Hall, as an engineer and in various capacities and worked my way up in the department and eventually became the bicycle program coordinator and wrote Vancouver's very first comprehensive bicycle plan in 1989. Wow. And, and that took, yeah, it was a great job. It took a year to write the report and I studied bicycle facilities around the world in Asia, Europe, Australia, and developed a comprehensive plan for Vancouver, many of the recommendations of that plan you see today, like the Burrard Street improvements, the, the bicycle paths you're seeing downtown, all of the bicycle facilities started from a planning process back in the 80s. So I loved that job. It was a great job. Uh, and when I finished in that position, I found that I had really accomplished something, but I was ready for a change and I was unsettled in the work that I was doing as an engineer. And what I mean by unsettled is I wasn't feeling 100% fulfilled from that point on. I had accomplished something, I was ready to move on. And from a personal note, I actually became ill. I had cancer back in 1990, and it was a very significant cancer. It was a germ cell tumor in my chest, quite large. And it made me really rethink what I was doing and where I was going and how happy I was in my day-to-day -day routine. And I went through that battle with cancer successfully with chemotherapy, et cetera. And within six to eight months, I was fully cured and I left my job at City Hall. And I went into real estate because it's always been something I've loved. I've loved to work on homes. I've always invested in real estate as an engineer. And I thought, wow, I really want to do this full time. I'm going to go super excited. And I just did it because having been faced with a life-threatening disease, all of a sudden you realize that you've got to follow your heart. 
And it's not that I didn't like engineering. I loved engineering, but my heart was telling me that I wanted to do something different. And that's when I left and became a licensed realtor in 1992. And I have not regretted a moment of it because I love what I do still 30 years later. That's great. No, <laughs> honestly, it's truly inspiring for you to switch and do what you love. End of the day, that's what everyone wants to do, right? So that's great. Thank you so much for sharing. Anyone who is starting in real estate industry today, what is the one thing they need to look out for? Ah, that's a very good question. There's lots of things to look out for. If somebody is starting as a new licensee in the real estate industry today in Vancouver, I would say the one thing to look out for is to make sure you're abiding by the many new regulations that we are governed under. And what I mean by that is when I started 30 years ago in real estate, things and life in general was much simpler. And our governing body and, and our provincial government, which is now the BCFSA, British Columbia Financial Services, govern realtors and have created a platform of consumer protection, which is definitely warranted. And it, it's incorporated many, many, many forms and requirements in our day-to-day -day business. And it takes a lot of time to make sure when you're doing transactions, you're following all the rules and you're filling out all the forms. So I know that's not the answer. I think many people are expecting what to watch out for, but it's an imperative part of functioning as a realtor today to do it properly and legally. And we're very strictly governed. You want to make sure you got that down pat. And then comes the building your business part and expanding your repertoire of tools and increasing your number of clients and becoming successful. That's all part of it. 100%. And did you have any specific objective or like the desired outcome for your profession in real estate while you're starting out and how has it changed as you went along until this point? Wow, these are great questions. You really thought these through. I love it because they're very thoughtful. And that particular question is interesting because when I first started out, in 1992, I was 31 years old and I would have been extremely motivated by money. I'm embarrassed to say today, but that's just where I was in that particular stage of my life. I thought, wow, if I really do well at real estate, I can make a lot of money and I can buy things that I couldn't think of buying before. And I can also invest in more real estate and increase my wealth because my belief back then was happiness is associated with your success and your success is associated by what you can obtain in life to make your life easier and more enjoyable. Now, coupling that with having gone through a life-threatening disease, it was really important for me not only to be successful making money, but also to be doing something that I'm inspired in doing. And I don't wake up every morning stressed because I have to go and do something I wasn't happy in doing. So I was following my heart, but at the same time, I really wanted to be successful. I wanted to make as much money as I could. And I was very successful because I was a, a 
very thorough and enthusiastic prospector. And what I mean by that, I'm not out looking for gold or silver, kind of indirectly. I was out door knocking and I was door knocking for eight hours a day when I started in central Coquitlam around the Como Lake area. And I would door knock from 10 a.m. to about 4 p.m. every single day, door to door to door to door, reducing myself, talking to people. And as time went on, I knew many, many people and many people trusted me. And I built up a business that was extremely successful. And within the first year, I was actually doubling my income, what I was making as an engineer. And many people before I left engineering thought I was crazy to leave that. It was at that time a four day a week job, earning a great salary, but I became actually more successful because I was doing what I was very enthusiastic about doing and doing it every day. So the second part of your question, how has that changed now over the last 30 years? Now I'm not motivated by money really at all because I've built up a great portfolio for myself. I'm very comfortable. My wife and, and daughter and I love life and we travel. We do all those fun things because I worked hard when I was younger. Now I'm more motivated from a professional standpoint in helping people, helping clients achieve their goal. And what I mean by that, when you're involved with someone who is making a life-changing decision, like selling their home, selling their condo and buying their first house because they've met the love of their life and they're going to have children and they need more space and they want a yard and they want to invite people. All these big changes in their life, you're a part of. So they bring you in, they entrust you to sell their home, do it extremely well with that, go out and find them the perfect place for them and get them a great price they're happy with, all within their budget make it as fun as you can. That's what I get motivated by. And it's great. Right. That's awesome. And just in terms of thinking, like it could end up being the biggest purchase someone makes, right? So I think having the personal connection really makes an impact and gets the client what they're looking for. So that's great. Thank you so much. And if let's say you had to start from scratch today, now that you know with 30 years of experience, what would you do differently now if you were starting from scratch? Well, now our theater in real estate has changed substantially from the 1990s. In the 1990s, there wasn't the social media platforms that we have available today. And although I still believe in that personal contact, I think a lot of the things I would do would still be the same. I would still be do not, do, doing the door knocking, but I wouldn't be doing it the entire day. What I would do is I would incorporate what I'm doing now in, in the company I've created, Show Realty Group, is incorporating social media. And it's such a great platform to expand your audience around the world in doing what you're doing very successfully, the podcasting, the YouTube videos of our business, the educational standpoint of how we were able to achieve such a successful sale and how we we're able to help these people, these stories people really want to hear. And I think when you're able to share that on social media, you can automatically reach so many people on your different platforms, whether again, it's Facebook or Instagram or YouTube, or you're podcasting through Google or Spotify or whatever these platforms are. 
you're going to have people out there, which have now approached me that have been watching me and my business partner, Adam, over the last few years in our social media and building that following. They come to us and go, we've been following you for years and we want you to sell our home and we're downsizing, we're retiring. And that's great. So I would incorporate more of these new tools that are available today, as many of the young realtors are doing already, into my prospecting. But I'd also keep that old school part there as well. And when I'm checking out at the grocery store at the cashier, I would say, hey, I'm Marty Pospisil. I'm a realtor. And if you would like any help at all in real estate, please feel free to give me a shout. I'd be happy to help you and hand them my car. So that's pretty old school. And I would still door knock around any of my sales because it's a great way to introduce yourself. But I would do it in the middle of the day when it's nice and bright out. I'd make sure they can see I'm, I'm wearing either a suit or a nice shirt. And because people are a little bit more private and a little bit more safety conscious when it comes to face-to-face interactions at the door. Totally understand. Yeah, thank you. What would be your long-term and short-term goals? Because I do see a lot more social presence and I recently went through your YouTube and all other social medias. I saw the market update and I got like a lot of information on real estate. So thank you so much for sharing that. So what are the short-term and long-term goals that you have right now? Ah, great question. In terms of my short-term and long-term goals, it's a mix of life goals and business goals. From a life goal point of view, my priority is my family and spending as much time with my wife and my daughter who's studying in Boston now and having as much fun together as possible. I, I turn 60 next month and, and that's a big wow. Even though I don't feel 60, it's like, wow, you know what? It's really Good, you're doing all the fun things you're doing already with your friends and your family and, and your loved ones, but you should be doing more of it. So we're planning a lot of great, great things to do together and plan to do as much of that as possible. And at the same time, I'm also interested in with my business partner, Adam, who is also my nephew, my brother's son, and he's been with me for, boy, 12 years now, helping me build the business. And we run a very successful brokerage, the Pospa Show Realty Group, as I mentioned to you in Vancouver. We're boutique. We're very careful in who we bring in, but we're also building that business very carefully, like building something you care about, not just getting more numbers in, but building it into something you're really proud of. And at the same time, allowing me to spend more time doing the things that I love to do successfully. So you can see there's only so many hours in the day and so many days in the week and the month and the year. You want to make sure there's a good balance of things to do both of those creatively. Does that ask a question? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> long-term, and my, my long-term goal is I, when, when I'm done, whenever that is, plan to pass 100. Maybe I'll hit 110. Who knows? Check in with me. I, <laughs> I don't want to have any regrets. I don't want to say, hey, 
I really wish I had done that hike through the Swiss Alps with my wife, or I really wish that I had done that Fiji trip that I always wanted to do. I don't want to have any regrets. I want to do all the things I want to do within my lifetime. So that's my long term. That's great. Going back to the question, when you were working in engineering for the city, good job, good salary, good hours. And when you decided to venture out, people must have been like, what are you doing? Like, they'll think you're insane, right? Yeah. How did you end up explaining to everyone, you know, yeah. hey, I want to do my thing. Don't yeah. worry about what I'm doing, right? Oh, absolutely. It's like, wow, you're, you're leaving to go into real estate? Isn't that risky? Are, you know, what happens if the market, all people are really concerned when you make a life-changing decision. And it's really easy to answer once you've been given the gift that I was given in 1990 of cancer. I know that sounds crazy, but for me, it was a gift because it allowed me to put my life in perspective. I could see very clearly after that that you know, we're only here for a certain amount of time and you should follow your passion while you're here. And if you're not happy, 100% fulfilled in doing what you're doing every day, you should make a change. Even if that means you're in a very highly paid position and in terms of society, you're successful. If you're not fulfilled inside and you're not happy, you shouldn't be doing it. And the way I explained it, to my friends and, and family is I want to follow my passion. And they knew me well enough by then to know that whatever I chose to do, I was going to become successful in because I'm very determined and I stick to it. And it worked out as I expected. But it certainly got more from people who didn't know me well enough to know I was doing the right thing. And you bring up a very important point because I believe that the the younger generations today, your crowd and even younger, have a very healthy outlook in life. And you see it in things like, here's a funny example. Many young people just aren't getting their driver's license or they're not worried about how much money they're making. They're more interested about how much time off they get to do things. Boy, when I was young, it was, oh, I don't care about time off. I want to make as much money as I can. The younger people seem to have much more knowledge of doing the things that they're passionate about rather than being successful in the old definition of making the most money. Because back in my time in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, you were judged in your success by how much money you were making and what you did. And, and that's changed. I think the younger people are more aware of the fact that, hey, life is more important than this. But this allows you to enjoy life maybe perhaps at a higher level. So it's it's really interesting question because I think that's what a lot of your podcasts that I listen to as well are about. And we're seeing that transition in society of people being more aware of what's important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, other question I have based on that itself is how do you determine that, okay, let's say I select this path. I don't know where this is going to take me, but how long should I stick with it before pivoting? You know, I think that's one of the questions that anyone, for instance, let's say I have the real estate book right here. 
And I'm like, okay, this is a long-term game, but in the short term, I need to think of something to be able to connect to the long term, right? Oh, uh, what would you, what would you advise someone who is looking at real estate with all the things happening right now? And I do understand that real estate happens in cycles of seven to eight years. With that in mind, what would you recommend? Right. It's a question I get asked a lot by people thinking about making a career change into real estate. And if you're looking for actual finite numbers, it really depends on the person and it depends on their attitude and it depends on their vision. But getting back to the numbers, you, if you're going into real estate, you should be prepared not to make any income for at least six months. And for the remaining six months, you should be prepared to make enough income to cover your expenses. So the first year is really, I was going to say write off, but that's kind of negative. It's an investment into your future career without the income coming in that you would hope. Now, that's for the majority. Like I said, the first year I went into it, I had a vision of ultimate success and there was nothing that was going to stop me from being successful. There was no doubt in my mind because I was following my passion and that motivated me to prospect all hours of the day. And there's absolutely no way you won't be successful if you're that motivated and you see that vision that's really clear. If you're going into the business of, I'm going to try this and hopefully I become successful, I really hope I do, then you might not be because you're not jumping in with both feet 150% which I think you really need to. And that ties in to people who are, for example, continuing with their other job while they're doing real estate. And I know that sounds safer, but you're not really making a full transition. The only way you can focus and really jump in and be successful is to do it full time. So your income should really match or break what you were earning prior to in your second year. And by your third year, sky's the limit because you've got all the experience and the tools and you're building your, your portfolio of clients, then you'll be as successful as you want to be depending on how much energy you're putting in. So there's a rough timeline in success. Absolutely. Yeah, because there are a lot more variables as well. Totally understand. What would be the metrics for your short-term and long-term growth in the business specifically? What kind of metrics do you track or do you look at? From our business success point of view? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, an interesting question as well, because there are realtors, if you're talking about incomes, who are making, for example, $200,000 a year. You've got a realtor making $200,000 a year, and they have devised a marketing plan and a promotional plan and a budget that expends maybe 25% of their income. So they're spending $50,000 a year promoting all their listings, covering all their expenses, paying for their gas, and they're netting out $150,000 a year before tax in their annual metric of, of income, okay? Now, you take the other end of the scale and you have a very successful realtor grossing with a team $2 million a year, okay? Wow, they made 200, I made $2 million this year. 
that sounds great. But those realtors, I'm not saying everybody in a team because I have a team too, but you can have realtors that are grossing two or $3 million a year and they're spending two or $3 million a year in their promotion and overhead and salaries and support team. So they're not really making as much as that realtor who gross 200 a year. So what I'm saying is the really interesting point is it's not what you're grossing, it's what you're taking home at the end of the day after you know paying your taxes and so forth. So it it's more net income that you are taking with you and also how many hours are you putting into earning that income? So there's various metrics that I use to track that. I'll look at our net income. I'll look at our gross income, of course, from a company point of view and a team point of view. And then I can divide that by the number of transactions we had in that particular year. And I can get a gross or a net income per transaction. And it's very interesting if you look at that metric, there are some realtors that specialize in selling condos and there are other realtors that specialize in selling houses. The income per transaction will be much higher for the realtor doing houses than it will be for the realtor doing condos. So the realtor doing condos will have to work on many, many, many more transactions to make the same income as the house selling realtor. We do both because there are cycles, as you already mentioned, in real estate where all of a sudden all the condos are selling and houses are sitting flat. That's kind of what we're in right now. And there are other markets where condos are kind of quiet and houses are taking off where there's a lot of land buyers and house buyers. So it's good to really do both. And, and as your career expands and you become more experienced, many realtors go from selling condos and start introducing house sales because as I did through my 30 year career, Many of those people I sold into condos started having kids and getting married and then going into a townhouse, then going to a half duplex, then going into a house. So I've watched people through their lives going through various homes. And I was right. I was able to be part of that, which is awesome. That's great. Got your question, but I think I answered it. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. It, it's great to see like the stages, let's say first you have them get into a condo, then a semi-detached and then a house. So you see the different phases of their family as well, right? So that's a really great connection to have, right? So you're right. personal as well. And it's that's interesting awesome. because if you recall selling this person their first condo and all, all the way up the ladder to their final house and now their kids have moved out and they're downsizing, then I should be asking myself, hey, maybe it's time to retire. Because I've, I've helped these people for 30 years, but no, I love the business and it's, but that is the fun part of it. You're absolutely right. And you, you get to know these people, you're in and out of their lives for their entire home ownership range, oh, right? Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. What sure. type of organizations are you a part of? Yes, the, I'm a part of organizations where we do training for new licensees. I offer a lot of mentoring for licensees that are entering the business. We do a lot of philanthropy in terms of supporting, of course, the BC Cancer Foundation. I'm a big supporter of BC Cancer. And we participate in the Tour de Cure 
which used to be called the cancer ride every year. It's been on for 12 years where we would originally many years ago when it started, we ride our bicycles from Vancouver to Seattle and we'd raise money during the year to support the foundation. Now it's been taken over locally from the BC Cancer Foundation and we ride to Holt every year. So they raise millions of dollars every year for research and treatment options for BC cancer. So I'm very involved in, in that end as well. And we support, you know, individual charities in our community as well. We're very community oriented, helping local schools raise money through pumpkin patches. We do a lot of those. We're involved in, apart from the provincial Cancer Foundation, we're involved more on a community level around Vancouver. We find a great benefit from that as, as well. So giving back is super important. I'm glad you brought that up. And many businesses forget that you can't be successful without sharing that success with others. And it's a big part of our business here at Show Realty Group. Thank you. And what kind of books do you read or podcasts do you listen to? Ah, okay. Big fan of Deepak Chopra, and I believe in a lot of the philosophies of knowing your inner self. Of course, I read on the other end of the scale, a lot of motivational books, successful speakers. Floyd Wickman was a very successful realtor in the United States, and we follow him very, very closely in his training and his scripting for real estate. And then there are books that I will read that are strictly stories to escape from the day-to-day -day activities that you're doing and explore travel and explore different parts of the world. So I read a lot of travel books and I read a lot of travel blogs and so forth. So it's quite a variety. I'm spreading myself out and I'm also a big fan of, of language. I studied German and also French. And with our recent trip to Spain, I El Camino, I studied Spanish. So I really love language. That's awesome. So Spanish, German, yeah, Guten Morgen. Good morning. Yes. Good, good okay. morning. That's great. I love it. That's <laughs> awesome. <for you. laughs> Is there anything that you're working on that you're really excited about? Yes. From a business point of view, there's lots of things I'm working on personally, but from a business point of view, probably the most exciting thing that I'm working on is bringing new people into our real estate brokerage. It's a lot of fun. Adam and I are not actively inviting many, many people. We're very selective who join us, but we are coming up with some really, really great channels of bringing some exciting, mostly young, and I'm not closing the door to people who are making career changes into real estate, but mostly young people who are extremely enthusiastic. And we are excited about building our brokerage very slowly and carefully and watching these people become successful in their careers. And, it, and, and that's a big, exciting part of our business. And almost as exciting as exciting in, in, in that end is me being involved with, with the podcasting and the social media. And thank you for watching my market update. I know it's 30 minutes long. And I know I'm breaking all the rules, but the people who follow me on, on our YouTube page and watch my market updates really want a lot of data. So that's why I do it. So two exciting things there. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate you taking the time of your busy day. And before we go, where can the audience reach you? 
Yeah, I can be reached. I'm very good on email, Sulas, and, and my email is marty at pospishorealty.com. So to spell that, because it is a long last name, it's marty, M-A-R-T-Y, at P-O-S-P-I-S-C-H-I-L, realty.com. And my office number here is 604-263-1000. I'd love to hear from any listeners if they have any questions on any part of what we talked about today. I really enjoyed our chat. Feel free to contact me. No problem at all. Awesome. Awesome. And you can also follow Marty and his team on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and other social channels as well. That's great. Awesome. Thank you so much, Marty. 